0: Good morning, Bethany. Great to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? (laughs) Maybe I ought to go back and try this again. (laughs) It's great to be here. Uh, Just, you know, sometimes I think we get so involved in life and living that we, we fail to see and acknowledge the blessings that are around us. And I'm telling you, church, we are blessed here at Bethany. I, uh, yes, amen. <clears throat> I, am, I am so honored to be able to be on staff at my home church. Um, Pastor Brian called me yesterday, kind of make sure I was on track and ready to go. And uh, the thing that I love about him is he not only gives you an assignment, but he's there to to help you to do it. And uh, matter of fact, just before first service, I was standing there waiting to come out and I looked at my phone and he had texted me a message saying, I love you Pastor Ron, praying for you. Gonna be a great day. We are so blessed, we are so blessed. Uh, Just so that you know, they are down in Texas. Uh, Jordan had went to compete in the national competition and she was uh, preaching a sermon she preached it five times, and out of over 390 students, she ranked number 20 in the nation. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That, that's real cool. And uh, so uh, there was some friends in Austin, Texas this morning, some people that used to go to the church that they pastored in Holt, and um, so they're going to be sp- spending church this morning there, and then they'll be about 22 hours coming back home. So uh, I know that they would covet our prayers uh, for their protection and safety on their travels. Oh, I almost forgot. I have an assistant today to help me, so could you bring out my assistant? Ah, yes, thank you. I, would everybody give it up for Zeke. Uh, actually, I think he's a Christian, by the way, he's smiling. Um, he's going to help remind us today of some things. We've been in a series on uh, the five-fold ministry that God has given to the church, and it's really kind of like a body. Well, it really is a body. In the human body, there's 11 organ systems the respiratory reproductive uh, circulatory um, immune system there's 11 of them what's really unique is that every one of those 11 systems when this guy had it all together uh, provided a good healthy body it's really marvelous this thing that god made called the body because each one of these 11 functions or organ systems all work independently. They, they each have an assignment. The circulatory system, for example, takes the blood and puts it throughout the entire body through a pump called the heart. When it's working great, things are all good. And here's the uniqueness about this. Not only are those 11 organ systems independent, but they are also totally dependent. They're intertwined. They they intermingle. To the extent of the health of this body depends the extent of each individual organ system and how healthy it functions. Does that make sense? And so God, in his infinite wisdom, established another body called the body of Christ. And he placed within that body, not 11, but five organ systems. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. And when each one of those organ systems, those spiritual functionings are taking place in the body of Christ, totally independent and yet interdependent upon one another, then we experience a healthy body. As a matter of fact, the definition of a sick body is a dysfunctional body. By that, normally there's at least one if not more than one, organ system that's not working properly. And because of that, it bleeds over into the other ones and produces sickness or dysfunction. I want us to take a look uh, at our text for this series, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. And God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Now, Paul refers to the church, as we mentioned, as a body, the body of Christ. Now, what I'd like to do this morning is I'd like to take you on a journey with me, and I'd like to take you to three different stopping points. The first point will be see it. My desire here is that God will help us by the Holy Spirit to see and understand that God has given and placed in the church these fivefold ministries for the health of the church, for the beauty of the church, for the growing and advancing of the church. And specifically under see it, I want us to Specifically, notice how God gets these five gifts functions into the church. It's a journey, and we're going to take a look at that. The second stopping point that I would like to stop at is seize it. Now, Pastor Brian spoke on the apostolic gifting and the prophet gifting, and then last week, uh, Pastor Braley so, so well talked on the evangelist. Today we're going to specifically, under that point, we're going to look at focusing on the shepherd and the shepherd gift to the church. Then I want to round third and come to home with number three, share it, share it. What does that look like when every person in the body of Christ discovers the gift that they are, and they begin to get out of their comfort zone and begin to mature and develop and use and share that gift in the body of Christ. I think you'll find that it's absolutely marvelous and amazing. Now here's why these five-fold ministry gifts are so important to the church. The fivefold ministry is the way or the mode by which Jesus is actually present in the church, and by which he extends his own ministry through us. You see, Jesus remains the living center of the church. He is the one who is in relationship to the Father. It is through Jesus we know the Father. Christianity is catch this. It's Christ focused. It's Christ defined. It's Christ led. Or guess what? It's not Christianity. It's not Christianity. Christ defined himself in his church. So here's the question How did God get these five gifts from him? into the church? Well, it's a journey. And the journey starts with God Himself. You see, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6 tells us, For us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom we all have things through whom we we exist see God has all five giftings in him it is a part of his essence and his makeup he's apostolic God is leading the way always has led the way always will lead the way are not you glad he leads he's the one that's sending people out he sent people out for centuries he's a prophet God is prophetic in the fact that he's constantly calling people into holiness and right relationship with himself God is evangelist that red thread of good news that's woven from Genesis to Revelation called salvation unmerited favor of God grace good news he's the Shepherd as a matter of fact It's interesting because David picks up on this term. And a very famous passage of scripture to many of us, the 23rd Psalm, he refers to God as not just a shepherd, but notice it, the good shepherd. I like that. Teacher, God is the master of teachers. His very essence is of knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Now, I want you to watch this. God, who is all of these five in one, now makes a created being. Now, people say, where did God come from? God always was, God is, and God always will be. That's God. But God creates these people called Adam and Eve, man and woman. And he does a really neat thing. And the scriptures tell us when it says that God made man in his image. That word image is like the word likeness. uh, Replica reflection of so God makes man and when he makes man he makes man in his own image and what image is God God is prophet God is apostle God is evangelist God is Shepherd God is teacher so God in the very making of Adam builds within him these five giftings these five functions And it's really neat because you see them activated in the assignment that God gives to Adam. Notice what he says to Adam. Adam is literally commissioned, there's the apostle, the sent forth one into the world. He is to cultivate the earth. He's to engage in productive and creative work. It needs to be fruitful and multiply. Things are going great for a short period of time. Don't know how long, Bible doesn't really say, but it appears that it's not too long until all of a sudden a major, major problem comes on the scene. It's called sin, rebellion, disobedience. And at that moment that Adam and Eve dropped the ball, the five giftings are dead in their human tracks. Now we've got a real problem. To us it would seem, but God had a great solution. (laughs) What God did, and this is absolutely amazing, it's incredible. God decides to come to earth. And he says, I'm going to take on both roles. I'm going to be totally divine, and I'm going to be totally human. All at the same time in one body, and they called that body Jesus, he was born as a baby in a manger. Think of that. It's almost beyond my comprehension that the God of the universe takes upon himself this little baby form and comes to earth. Wow. Wow. And then Paul picks up on that and he refers to Jesus as the second Adam. God creates the first one, the first one blows it, so God comes down and it refers to Jesus as God in the flesh as that second Adam, and notice, he does Everything the first Adam couldn't. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted, the second Adam, in all forms and fashions, as you and I. I love this part, yet without sin. And because of that, Jesus paved the way. I love a quote by N.T. Wright. He tells us what it means that Jesus is the head of the body of the church. And he became that, rightly so, because he was sinless. It says if you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. If you want to know what it means to be human, look at Jesus. If you want to know what love is, look at Jesus. If you want to know what grief is, look at Jesus. And go on looking until you're not just a spectator, but you're actually a part of the drama which has him as the central figure. Now don't stop here, because it gets gooder yet. I know that's not good English, but it gets exciting. Jesus embodies the five-fold ministry gifts, in a way that God originally did. So now, we're back on track because of Jesus' incarnation, because of his crucifixion, his resurrection, and his ascension. Wow. That's how we can see it. God starts with himself, goes through Adam, Becomes man, becomes second Adam, and then through his death, resurrection, and ascension, he now imparts his very organs of systems, his functioning, his, his five fold ministries into the church. That's cool. Now, I want to camp out here on second base we got to seize that we've got not just only to recognize that these gifts are given by God to the church and we just shared how he did that but they do no good if we don't acknowledge them and begin to seize the gift he made us to be now I want to specifically talk this morning about the shepherd gift, although, as I mentioned, pastors talked about the apostle and the prophet and Pastor Braley the evangelist. Let me give you some of the qualities or attributes of a shepherd. They're caregivers. They're defenders. They're peacemakers. They don't like trouble in the camp or disunity they're helpers they love to serve it's like they were made to serve it's like when they serve it fuels them it doesn't drain them or burn them out they're servants they're selfless they're healers they love to see the body whole functioning good now remember these body gifts are expressions of the active ministry of jesus through the body of christ literally so much so that when people see the body of christ exercising them they see jesus matter of fact take take a look at this scripture in matthew 25. the king will answer and say to them I assure you and most solemnly say to you that the extent that you did it for one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, ye did it to me. Jesus is literally saying that when people see you giving a cup of cold water, visiting someone in the hospital, going to see someone imprisoned. It is just as though you are doing that to me. Can you imagine, church, what it would look like to the world as more and more they see us doing as unto Jesus, and everything we do, they see Jesus Jesus is healing the sick. Jesus is saving the lost. Jesus is cleaning toilets. Jesus, yep, that's what I said. Do you know somehow we've got this thing all turned around. We, we, we think that, that shepherd just strictly means doing all kinds of nice, sweet things for people. No. Being a shepherd is caring for people. It's getting down and getting dirty. Do you know that back in 2010, I had probably one of the greatest honors of my life in the fact that the church had called me to be their care pastor, and this is my home church. But do you know what? I have some news for you. I was a care pastor, I mean, I was a shepherd 22 years before that. I was a a shepherd who cleaned toilets, who scrubbed and waxed floors, who painted walls and repaired and fixed and put stuff together. Did that right here at this church for 22 years. Doesn't have anything to do with a paid position. Listen, church, we are not paid To be shepherds. We are made to be them and we're saved to be them. Now, I want want you to kind of catch this. These fivefold gift functions seem to be hardwired into the body of Christ, it's like you can't separate them, they're together. And one of the things that I notice that is very intent about a shepherd gift is they love to develop social bonding. They love to see people mingling and growing and loving on each other and serving each other and meeting each other's needs. And do you know what? Because it's hardwired into the church, it really doesn't matter what form it takes. It will take you say, what are you talking about, Pastor Ron? Well, let me tell you. One of the forms that God is bringing in more and more into Bethany is a setting called groups. Has anybody ever heard groups talked about here at Bethany? Are you out there? I was going to say, if not, this is going to be a two hour sermon. <laughs> and I'll take the one hour and talk about just groups. Do you know that groups is a natural, normal setting for the five-fold ministry gifts to flow? Do you know we have had things happening in some of our groups that have been just absolutely beautiful? The shepherd who, who prays over someone who's ill and they're healed right in group. The prophet who points to a righteous God and someone goes home delivered from an addiction. The evangelist who shares their testimony of what God has done in their life. And someone comes to Jesus, not in a church building, but in a group home. Can you imagine, church, that every day of the week those kind of things are happening in a setting called groups. Now, pastor called me yesterday and uh, talked with me, see how I was feeling about today and if, if there was anything I needed and he, he prayed with me and what a great guy. I just, I just love him so much because he not only gives you an assignment but he's there to help you to complete that. He wants you to succeed and I told him, I said, Pastor, I'm going to be mentioning in the message about groups anything you want me to say? He says, yeah. He says, tell them to look out because in the fall we're going to be, be hitting groups uh, even, even more and talking about groups and there's going to be some exciting things coming down the pike. Folks, I can't overemphasize to you enough. Get in a group. Be a part of something that is alive and active and that lifts up Jesus. Matter of fact, uh, I've got the website there. If you've got a computer at home, get on that website. Write it in your notes. Start checking it out. It'll tell you about groups. It'll tell you what the makeup of that group is. It'll tell you where they meet, when they meet, how often they meet. It'll tell you whether they are facilitated for kids or no kids. Whether they're open or if they've filled up and that one's full. Find a group. We need Social bonding. We need that spirit working in and through our lives. Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said in John 13, By this, what's the this? Shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. That's group. Building, connecting, relationaling, caring, serving. Got a call just this week from a a, a grandma whose daughter comes to our church and she just had a baby and was wondering if if there would be any possibilities of meals coming uh, for a week or so to help the family out. How many think that would be a good thing to do? If you don't, then you have a baby. People got to eat. Well, you can't look at Pastor Ron to be doing all them meals. You wouldn't want to look to Pastor Ron to do them meals. Although I do come up sometimes with pretty good stuff. We need family. We need body ministry. We need groups. We need people interacting and blessing one another. The world needs to look at the church and see we love people. Now, it's interesting because... There's some other functions of the shepherd gift. Let me give them to you. A person that is a shepherd gift protect the body of Christ. They promote and facilitate healing. They encourage peace and wholeness. They cultivate rich. (laughs) Okay, all right, you ready? I just rewound. They protect the body of Christ. I want people looking out after me, don't you? We're not in this thing alone. We need to promote and facilitate healing. I'll tell you what. You be around me very long, and you'll learn quickly that if you're going to gossip or run somebody down, you don't do it around me. Why? Because it doesn't build up. It puts down. It doesn't strengthen. It tears apart. We've got to promote healing. They encourage peace and wholeness. They love it when there is unity that falls like a blanket over Mount Hebron like oil that runs down the beard and down the robe of a, of the priest they cultivate rich and loving community they love to see people just being together don't you i do i love to come walking in on a sunday morning and just see people yeah i love it encouraging people in the faith walk Anybody here other than me need encouragement and walking out my faith? We need each other. We really are better together. And look at it. They promote the common good. Now now here's the bottom line of 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 a good shepherd. To be a good shepherd would be to know the names and stories of the people in one's immediate care. I would say Pastor and Kasha weren't here maybe a month, maybe two months, if that, and all of a sudden you began to hear a term called win. I know very quickly he instituted it in our staff, weekly staff meetings. Every week we took time at the very top of the staff meeting to share a win. What is the definition of a win? A win is a name and a story and I finally began to piece together and understand why pastor does that because listen church the church is not a program the church is not a club the church is people so when you talk about a name and a story what are you doing you're talking church. Isn't that cool? So begin to talk names and stories. Now, here's one of the neatest things about seizing and understanding this shepherd, oil, Because there are shepherds sitting right here. Matter of fact, I think I've got it later on in my notes, but I'm going to do it now. I want you to turn around and look at each other just kind of look 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 across the congregation do you know what you see when you looked around this congregation you saw everything that Bethany needs to be the church of the Living God you saw prophets You saw apostles, you saw shepherds, you saw evangelists, and you saw teachers. And when you can see you and who God made you to be, and you'll get out of the comfort zone and begin to flow in that and develop in that, I'm telling you what, folks, we're going to have a good thing going here. Why? Because it's Jesus going. It's people seeing Jesus, but the only Jesus they're going to see is the Jesus in you and me. So, here's the neat thing. Especially, I I really can't say especially because they're all important, and I think it can flow through all of them, but here's the bottom line of what everybody's issue is. And everybody has the same issue. And here's the issue. Before you tell me how much you know, will you show me what is it? How much you care. Much you care. I don't know of a person alive who doesn't want somebody to care about him, who doesn't want to feel important, who doesn't want to feel loved. Who doesn't want to be cared about? And I'll tell you what, when we begin to show people God's love and God's caring, what do you think will happen? There'll be a lot of neat things happen. Now, let me just give you a couple or three cautions here before we round third and come home to number three. Caution number one, there is no limitation to the role of shepherd being that of a clergy only and not the parishioner in the pew. What does that mean? I'll illustrate it for you. Personal story, two weeks ago Wednesday night, we're meeting in here for a praise and worship night. Pastor Casey is leading the youth. And they're kind of uh, leading the service. Great time of praise and worship. I'll tell you what. Let me just say, we are, did you see what was down here worshiping and praising the Lord? Way to go, young people. I'll tell you what, I still got it. That is a ways down. Glad I hung back. I love to see young people turned on to Jesus. Matter of fact, it ought to help some of us more mature saints. I'd like to see a few more other than just Magdalena up here dancing around. <laughs> Magnalina, I may join you sometime. But you know what? It was on that Wednesday night two weeks ago. And there was a part of the the service where Pastor Casey just felt led of the Lord to open up the altars and he had some of his his, uh, youth workers and some of his youth that were standing up here and invited people up who needed prayer. Well, I had been wrestling for a week and a half with this diabolical thing called gout. Now, gout is a... There's an inflammation in the joint. It's uric acid that builds up in there, and it gets stiff, and the joint uh, gets inflamed and swollen, and it's very, very painful. And I had been wrestling with that for a week and a half. Went to the doctor twice. Had been praying a lot. And all of a sudden, the Lord—I mean, I'm minding my own (laughs) business—and he comes along and taps me on the shoulder and says, "I want you to get up here and be prayed for." I said, "You do." He said, yeah. I said, but I'm a preacher. He said, so what? And I said, yeah, so what? So finally, after about 10 minutes, you know, some of us take a little longer. <laughs> I finally make my way up here, and I, I come to a guy, and I tell him about what's going on, and, 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 and he prays for me. Went back to my seat. That Sunday, last week, Sunday, we're out in the foyer, and I happen to see this guy, and I'm talking with him, and he says, wow, he says, Pastor, he says, you really kind of startled me. I said, what, what do you mean? What are you talking about? He says, well, man, when, you, when you, you came up to me, and you asked me to pray for you, and you're the preacher. I said, yeah, I must have been delirious. No, I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. I said, yeah, you know what? I said, that's really interesting that you said that because I'm sitting back there in my pew arguing with God why I shouldn't come because I'm the most holy preacher. (laughs) And I learned something. I learned God doesn't have distinctions like we do. If you're a shepherd, you're a shepherd, whether you're paid for it or not. Whether you've got some kind of a position or not, God created you to be a caring shepherd. So come on and help me because I can't do it all. I can't. You want to see Pastor Ron six feet under? Just leave me do it all. I can't. By the way, no gout. So don't, please don't, put division there. We're all in the same boat. Let me give you a second caution. We need the other four organs, systems called apostle and prophet and evangelist and teacher. We need to be well-rounded. We need balance in our lives. So there's times where God will call you, even though apostle or prophet may not be your gifting. There'll be times that the Spirit of God, because you're the one that's there in that moment, he wants to use as a prophet or an apostle or a teacher. Does that make sense? So cooperate with him. Let him do it. You say, but Pastor Ron, that means getting out of my comfort zone. Uh, Last Sunday morning after the second service, I was out in the foyer and Pastor Braley and I were talking. Didn't he do a great job last week? I, I am so proud of him. Uh, especially when he shared at the end of how that it's totally, totally not him and out of his comfort zone because he, he really gets a phobia about getting in front of people to speak, especially adults. And we were talking, and, and, uh, and he was just kind of saying that again to me, you know, of how, how neat it was that he saw God do something in his life took him one step closer because he was willing to step out of his comfort zone and I looked at him and I said pastor Bradley I said do you desire to continue to grow in your faith he said well sure I do I said well let me tell you something faith never grows you ought to write this one down it's good faith never grows in the comfort zone never So I think that's a part of why God, even though you are a particular gift in the body, I think that's why he wants to use you in other gifts as well. So that we can get out of our comfort zone and we can see that he is exactly who he said he is and he can do exactly what he says he can do. Praise God. Give him a hand clap. Praise the Lord. Now, here's the third caution, and we'll move on to the last point. When shepherding function dominates the others, we can become overly cautious, overprotective, and codependent. You don't want those. Get in balance. Get in balance. Now, what happens as we share it? What does it look like in the church when we share it? What does it look like when each individual in the church begins to understand your gifting and you begin to flow out and allow God to use that? There is some beautiful things that happen. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus. George Murray says it this way. The apostles were commissioned to carry on Christ's work, not to begin a new one. Jesus has already established it. God established it from the beginnings of time. We don't have to invent the wheel again. He's already done it and he's given it to us. Here's what happens when the church begins to be the church. Augustine said it this way, a Christian is a mind through which Christ thinks A heart through which Christ loves, a voice through which Christ speaks, a hand through which Christ helps. In other words, when we come together and begin to function and operate as God has gifted us in the body of Christ, then people see Jesus, 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 and we want them to see Jesus. Because he said in John 12, that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself he'll do it all he'll he'll do the rest all we've got to do is let them see Jesus in us you see the body of Christ is designed to extend the purpose of Jesus in the world Bethany I believe that we are in the most exciting era the church has ever seen for God is bringing the church alive as never ever before I'm glad I live now I can hardly wait to see what God has in store for his church the closer we get to his return. Now, I kind of mentioned to you, and we're kind of winding down here. Some of you are saying, thank God. Well, okay. <laughs> Zeke here, I said, was going to help me. Well, he's been kind of helping me because you've been kind of seeing him and being reminded of all these things about the body. But... I think probably the greatest way he's going to help us is he shared with us something um, from the Bible. Uh, You see, Zeke's real name is Ezekiel. And Ezekiel prophesied about not only the nation of Israel, but I believe about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to listen to it. I'm going to read it from the Living Bible. It's Ezekiel 37. Oh, I, I pray you catch it. The power of the Lord was upon me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to the valley full of old, dry bones that were scattered everywhere across the ground. He led me around among them, and then he said to me, Son of dust, can these bones become people again? I replied, Lord, you alone know the answer to that. Then he told me to speak to the bones and say, Oh, dry bones, listen to the words of God. For the Lord God says, See, I am going to make you live and breathe again. I will replace the flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you shall live and know I am the Lord your God. So I spoke these words from God just as he told me and suddenly there was a rattling noise from all across the valley and the bones of each body came together and attached to each other as they used to be then as i watched the muscles and flesh formed over the bones and skin covered them but the bodies had no breath no life then he told me to call to the wind and say The Lord God says, Come from the four winds, O Spirit, and breathe upon these slain bodies that they may live again. So I spoke to the winds as he commanded me, and the bodies began to breathing. They lived and stood up. A very great army! Then he told me what the vision meant. These bones, he said, represent all the people of Israel. They say, we have become a heap of dried-out bones, all hope is gone. But I tell them, the Lord God says, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again and return to the Lord your God Israel. And then at last, O my people, you will know I am the Lord." I will put my spirit into you, and you shall live and return home again to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have done just what I promised to you. Thank you, Zeke. Let me tell you something. The church has been through many a battle. The church has taken the brunt for a lot of years. But I'm here to tell you that the Lord God is commanding a new life into the church. He is commanding what looks dead and dried and burnt over. He's calling it back together and putting flesh and blown and muscles on it. And he's going to breathe the life of his spirit into it. And the church will be more alive than ever before. Now, some of you more mature saints that just old-timers are going to love me because I'm going to, we don't have time to play the song because it's like five and a half minutes long, so I'm just going to read you some of the lyrics, and then we'll be done. Of a song by Bill and Gloria Gaither. Uh, There's a couple of you said hallelujah back there somewhere. It's an old, old song. It's about what God's gonna make the church in these last days. It's called the church triumphant. Listen to the words. God has always had a people. Many a foolish conqueror has made the mistake of thinking that because he had forced the church of Jesus Christ out of sight, that he stilled its voice and snuffed out its life. But God has always had a people. The powerful current of a rushing river is not diminished because it's forced to flow underground. Now the purest water is the stream that bursts crystal clear into the sunlight after it has forced its way through solid rock. There have been those like Simon the magician sought to barter on the open market that power which cannot be bought or sold but God has always had a people. Men who could not be bought and women who were beyond purchase, God has always had a people. There have been times of affluence and prosperity when the church's message has been all but drowned and diluted out into Bolivian by those who sought to make it socially attractive, really organized, financially profitable, but God has always had a people. Yes, it's been gold-plated, draped in purple, and entrusted with jewels. It has been misrepresented, ridiculed, scorned, but God has always had a people. And these followers of Jesus Christ have been, according to the whim of the times, elevated sacred leaders and modern heretics. Yet through it all, their marches on that powerful army of the meek God's chosen people who cannot be bought cannot be shut up cannot be murdered or killed or stilled on through the ages they march the church God's triumphant church and here's the chorus listen child of God it's alive discouraged pastor it's his church and it's still alive Lonely missionary, sow that seed with confidence. The church is still alive. Old saint, you're not alone or forgotten. The church is still alive. It's alive, my broken-hearted friend. It's still alive. Busy mothers, just keep trusting in Jesus. The church is alive. You're not alone out there. Just keep looking to Jesus. The church is alive and faithful fathers there's rest in the lord god's church is still alive so firmly so family of god lift your hands lift your hands and praise the lord the church god's church triumphant is alive it's alive my friends it's alive and well but it's only alive as we're alive because we are the church. I challenge you, begin to seek God. Find out who you are, what gift you are in the body of Christ and let him use you. And oh, 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 can this shepherd sure use some help. So I hope there's a lot of shepherds out there who can join me in the race. You say, Pastor Ron, I feel and I sense what you're saying, but I, 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 there's just something missing. I just, I don't feel connected to this thing called the church. Maybe, just maybe, it's because you're one prayer away and you're one step closer is just praying a prayer and connecting with the head of the body of christ every head bowed every eye closed maybe you're here this morning and you'd say pastor ron i really want that that you're talking about would you pray for me I want to get to know Jesus. Would you just slip your hand way high and put it down? I want to pray for you right now. Anybody at all, just slip it up and put it down. Okay. Yes, I see that hand back there. God bless you. Just a prayer away. But that prayer is going to change your life forever. I'm excited for you, sir. Anybody else? Yes, I see that hat back there. God bless you. I want us to pray this prayer together, church. And those who've raised your hands, if you mean this prayer with all your heart, the head of the church is going to come inside you. And you're going to be different. I'd love for you to see me out in the foyer and let me know about that. I'd love to celebrate with you. Let's pray together. Will you repeat this after me? Dear Jesus, I want so much to be a part of what you're doing. I felt separated from you and I understand that it's sin. Forgive me, come into my life, cleanse me. I wanna be a part of your kingdom a part of your body, a part of your Church. So receive me now, in Jesus' name, Amen. Father, I pray for those in the Bethany congregation. I pray that something will be churned and stirred within them that won't settle. Till they discover the gift that you made them to be and they begin to flow in that in jesus name i pray amen